Welcome to Lean Leadership for Ops Managers, the podcast for leaders in ops management who want to spark improvement, foster engagement, and boost problem solving, and still get their day job done. Here's your host, leadership trainer, lean enthusiast, and spy thriller junkie, Jamie V. Parker. Hey, ops managers. You know, sometimes I get messages from listeners who have a situation and they want to get some advice or thoughts or perspectives on it. And I received one of those messages recently from someone who said, hey, I have some continuous improvement, some lean responsibilities, uh, you know, in my in my work. And I'm now also being asked to do innovation. So now I'm kind of supposed to be doing this lean and innovation. And so can you can you share some um, tips, advice, where to start on that? And so I, I really felt like I wanted to bring some experts in. So I'm super excited. Today, you're going to hear from two people. Erlen Kakanad and I first met at an Iowa Lean Consortium event several years ago. And, uh, you know, we've stayed connected since then, have had multiple conversations and interactions. And she is actually pursuing a PhD specifically in innovation strategies for disruptive, radical, incremental, and transformational innovation. So this is what she's just really digging into. And so I really wanted to make sure she came on and shared her perspective. The other person that's joining the conversation today is Bella Engelbach. And Bella and I met uh, through Women in Lean. So it was probably about a year ago. And where we first met through Women in Lean, and then we've become um, kind of even closer as Bella is part of the Lean Communicators group. So every three weeks, I'm meeting with her there as well. Uh, And so I invited Bella because she really focuses on this Um, the idea of creativity, and specifically creativity in lean. She actually authored the book, Creatively Lean, How to Get Out of Your Own Way and Drive Innovation Throughout Your Organization. So here we have two people joining us. We're going to talk about, you know, what is innovation. You'll hear about how frugality, right? So especially if you don't have budget, how does frugality kind of generate creativity or help inspire creativity? And then we're also going to talk a lot about this intersection of lean and innovation, as well as some different types of innovation and real case studies. So I'm super excited to share some real examples of how innovation can show up. You ready? Let's dive in. So we are going to jump in and dive into a whole conversation today about lean thinking as well as creativity and innovation. And I have to tell you that I know I throw the word innovation around a lot <laughs> and, and I don't know that I'm necessarily doing it, you know, from a purposeful point of view or using it um, other than like, it's a buzzword, right? Like, <laughs> Hey, innovation, we want to be innovative. And so um, you know, before we could jump into the the full details, I want to just put that out there first and get your thoughts of what do you think innovation even is? Like, what what is that other than a buzzword that I like to put into into my sentences? I like to go first. I'm Erlen. Thanks for having me on your show, Jamie. I I'm like I'm a I'm a, a faithful listener to your podcast. And I love 
the lean topic. I agree with you. Lean is, uh, innovation has become a new buzzword and it's uh, used for everything in the improvement phase uh, space um, of projects as well as anything new and novel. Um, I think for me, innovation, the way I define it is it's, it's going to create whatever you develop, whether it's an in, in-house process mm-hmm. or it's a full-blown project or a product that uh, or a service that your customer is going to adopt and use. And it's new and novel. And it's never done before. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of what, a part of the part A part of the innovation definition. And then the second part is it changes the way, it changes the behavior of the customer, the way they did work. The, the, the way they uh, they do sort of their day-to-day activities. And even if you offer them a bucket load of money, they wouldn't want to go back to the old way. Mm-hmm. So that's the paradigm shift that happens in that behavior. And that that's a result of that product, which is that innovation. So for me, it has to be novel. It's new. It's never done before. And it changes in some some shape or form your customer's behavior, who uses and adopts that service or product. Okay, great. Thank you. Bella, how about for you? What does that mean for you? So for me, innovation has a simple definition, which is that it's creativity that is useful. So you can come come up with new stuff, but as Erlen points out, something simply being new isn't necessarily important, right? Mm-hmm. And what's important is something that's actually useful. As Erlen says, you know, if you're thinking of a product, which might change the behavior of the customer. So I think it is important to separate the ideas of creativity from innovation, which is a result. I would also say, don't uh. be scared of innovation. Mm. Innovation is not something scary, and not all innovation is disruptive innovation. I think we've been conditioned to think think that innovation has to be something huge. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. Innovation could be something that is creative and useful and is also small or perhaps just incremental. So if you're working on lean and you're doing incremental improvements and somebody says, oh, now you've got to be innovative, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you have to change the direction of business for your company. Um, but you, it has to be useful and it has to have that, that Erwin used a great word, novelty. It has, it has to have some novelty to it. Yeah. You know, I love this idea that you just brought up too, is, is this question about um, incremental and maybe a, you know, a viewpoint out there that innovation is this big, massive thing. And, you know, I've even had listeners come and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for lean thinking and and helping to drive that in our culture. But then I'm also, you know, my boss, my organization, right. They, they also want me to drive innovation. <laughs> and, you know, so, so what is this kind of intersection between lean and innovation and you know i mean do they intersect are they at odds or are they compatible like what is this this whole thing of lean and innovation well i have some this is bella again i have some really good news about that and that is that the culture that you're going for in a lean culture 
is a culture that will also permit innovation to happen. So when you're creating that safe lean culture where people can point out where there are problems, where you're creating that safe lean culture where people can bring up ideas, how to improve things, and then actually get to try them. Those are the same basic behaviors that you need in an innovative mm-hmm. culture. Now, as I think Erlen will probably share, that's not enough to get you know all the way to, to innovation. But if you're doing lean and you're focusing on the culture side, you are already started down the road. So it's it's not that these are diametrically opposed at all. Okay, so it's not that like, oh, this focus on standard work and lean and I have to have standards <laughs> um, is not, like that's not all of lean, what lean encompasses. And so it's not necessarily inhibiting creativity or inhibiting because I hear this a lot like wait how am I supposed to improve but also do it the standard way so here's the thing I'd love to hear what Erwin what has to say about this in order to get to a good standard you better be creative and a really good standard is probably innovative because the standard that you know that works for one company or organization or another part of the company is probably not the standard that works for you right so a real a good standard one that has that one that has been created and then improved probably has some com- component of, of creativity and innovation in it so you know i don't see i don't see you know having a standard as being anti innovative at all Mm. Erwin, I'd love to hear your thought. Yeah, I uh, when I think about are we at crossroads or, you know, are we butting heads with lean and innovation is, mm-hmm. the way typically organizations are approaching it is they're having an innovation team separately and they have a lean practitioner separate. Mm. And that's kind of how in today's uh, corporate America mm-hmm. in organizations is kind of how it's set up. But when you look at the methodology and you look at the culture aspect, lean is about doing more with less. That's kind of what all the standard work and all of that ultimately drives to is that bottom line of doing more, providing more customer, uh, positive customer experience by cutting down time, you know, improving cycle time. So you're doing more with less, less time, providing more output, uh, best customer service. So when you think about that lean house, right, we have the customer, we have first, you know, the tax, the first class quality, your cycle time. In the middle, I always talk, talk about the lean house. In the center of that is the key to that house. And that key is always held by the customer. And so that entire lean house focuses on making sure that our customers are happy and we are getting more customers. Frugality drives creativity. And creativity drives innovation. Mm. If you have ton of money, you're not going to be thinking about creative ways of doing things. And you're not going to be thinking about lean approaches. Mm. We're going to be a one fat organization. But when you have very limited resources as an organization, our culture becomes what else can we do and what else can we do differently to one, meet the expectation and exceed the expectation and maintain that market share. So I feel like it complements, the concepts complement each other and that culture of lean, the frugality together drives Mm -hmm. innovation as well. 
And and Jamie, this is right what you would you know tell operations managers. Like if something's going really well, now you you might go in and actually you know take an operator out, right? Or right. Or, or um, you know ask them to do it in less space, creating that frugality that Erlen's talking about. And that now you've got to start thinking creatively in order in order yeah. to. Do yeah, it really kind of takes me back to um, in the book, The Gold Mine, where he talks about the the lake and the rocks. And that as we lower the level of the lake, it exposes the rocks. And in that case, it was about inventory, but it really could be about anything, which is, you know, kind of as we lower that level, it exposes what the opportunities and the obstacles are and creates, it creates like this new dynamic to consider. I want to, I want to, Take the conversation a little bit of a different direction, if you don't mind, Jamie. Yeah, let's go. So my my whole career has been about how do we put together creativity and lean thinking. I spent a lot mm-hmm. of time thinking about that and working on that and trying to bring these practices together for my own practice. And one of the things that I um, what that drove me in that direction was that I was working in product development. You know, so mm-hmm. I was not coming out of a manufacturing background, not doing manufacturing. I was working in product development, and so I think there is. There are a couple of really big differences when you are coming up with a new product or service from mm. um, a, a manufacturing um, or mm-hmm. you know production system approach, um, and that is first of all when you are coming up with a new product or a new service, you are going to have to do a lot of iteration. Um, iteration is going to be incredibly important to do that. So if you have standards in place that oppose iteration, mm-hmm. that oppose trying things in different ways or oppose running experiments, it's going to be very difficult to come up with a new product or service. It, it really does require iteration. And the second is, at least in my opinion, the opinion of a lot of people who, who are involved in lean product development, what you are creating in product development is not actually the new product. What you're creating is not, as Erlen says so beautifully, is is knowledge about the customer. You are creating knowledge about the new product, which the plant can then use to build the product Mm -hmm. or the software developers can use to write code Mm -hmm. for the product, right? Um, And what you have to pay attention to is not necessarily the flow of a thing, you have to pay attention to flow of knowledge and make sure that you're capturing knowledge from your iterations for the times you try different experiments and that you are using reusing that knowledge appropriately. Again, going back to the frugality idea. Mm-hmm. You don't want to ever have to redo an experiment that you have already done uh, because that's a huge waste in product development. And yeah. so I would suggest for your listeners who've been told well, they have to do innovation and if, if they're being asked to work with product development teams to to, to bring in everything about uh, that they, they know and love about lean culture, but take a step back and think and understand that what is flowing in product development is something quite different. I also think that when we have the lean and innovation together as somebody's title, everything that Bella said, right, to take a step back when, because it's it's a different skill set. It's it's sharpening the creative thinking skills along with your problem solving, uh, root cause analysis and all other tools that you have. But rethinking, reframing what the customers would want 
And sometimes the customers and the product design may be thinking about only catering to your current market segment. And innovation is about reframing that problem. And sometimes it's also cutting down features so that you can reposition your product to a underserved uh, customer mm-hmm. segment. So thinking about it, and I'm talking a little bit more about innovation from a customer standpoint, but innovation could be when you think, you know, Jamie, you talked about the the lake, the water and the rocks mm-hmm. from an inventory supply chain. Even there's a supply chain innovation, there's operation model or operating model innovation. There's product innovation, of course, which is broadly and most commonly known knowledge around innovation. A lot of people gravitate towards product because of Apple and Google. Yeah. You know, it's it's product driven. So people think about that. But look at Southwest Airlines, for example, they did not redefine the industry, but their innovation was around how uh, the operating model and Mm -hmm. how they operate, how they spend less time at the gate so that they can refuel and go because when they're flying is when they make money, not when it's docked up at the airport. Wrong yeah. thing, not docked up, but stopped at the airport. You don't make money there. So they cut down on those things to be profitable, but still also in the operating model, they provided so many, um, I think, perks along the way for the customers that they have this huge following of their own, you know, Southwest passengers who go there every single time. So innovation is is about that. It's about doing it differently. And not necessarily maybe changing the product, but changing something and how it reaches the customer. Like Bella said, that knowledge flow, but doing it in such a way that you know you're able to not just tackle and capture your own current market, but also build and and reach those that are your underserved market segments today. So Jamie, there's a there's a great Toyota story about that, right? So I think people think of you know innovation at Toyota as being Prius, mm-hmm. of, which of course it is. And so that was Prius was a project where they said you know we want to come up with this hybrid, um, you know less 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 fuel using less fuel. And so they took a whole team, as 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 Jamie said, a separate innovation team, and they sent them off, gave them you know their own resources, and they they kind of did that off to the side. And that was a long, slow project because of all the iterations mm-hmm. that they had to do. But there's like a wonderful innovation from Toyota right in front of us that I think that we don't really realize. And it really demonstrates this whole idea of of, of another market segment and the use of knowledge. <clears throat> So that was when uh, Toyota decided to go after the luxury car market and create Lexus. Mm -hmm. So they went and first of all, they said, we want this market. We want we want these customers. And they went to really understand the customers. And then they went and they looked at the competition and they they bought the competitors vehicles and they took them to pieces and here's what they learned was that you know the the, a lot of what was really going on with the Lexus well what became the Lexus uh in the luxury cars was just tighter engineering everything to a much um greater degree of quality now Mm -hmm. Toyota's already got a massive amount of quality but they had to take it to another level but when you buy a Lexus the frame is basically a Camry. Mm-hmm. Now, it's going to feel more comfortable. It's going to be quieter. 
bed of materials. Mm-hmm. You're going to sit on a bed of, bed of material. You know, the steering may be, may be better. It may be sporty. You know, I don't, it depends on what, what, which Lexus you're getting. But essentially, they've taken all the learnings yeah. from building Camry. And now they said, we're going after this market, new market for us. And um, because they're Toyota and they're so good at their iterations and so good at, at managing their lo- their um, knowledge flow and keeping their knowledge and reusing their knowledge, they were able to do it in kind of record time in the industry. So another thing I would say to folks who were like, okay, now you've been told you, you're responsible <laughs> for innovation, which is kind of scary. And it feels like it's really different from Lean. One of the great innovative companies to study is actually this company we study all the time is Toyota. And Toyota um, uh, product development is just as interesting and just as fascinating as the Toyota production system. Mm. So we, you know, you don't have to go too far from what you've been trained in to start to learn about about you know some of these principles that we've been talking about. Yeah, that's a great example of Toyota because. Toyota not just is an innovator in the product and their manufacturing of cars. When Toyota first got, um, when first came to the United States and they were competing in the busy market of the American manufacturers, they took a different look. And here, this is an example of the novel novelty that we're talking mm-hmm. about. Anybody who purchased a Toyota car and took it to their service centers would get their full car washed, vacuumed, and cleaned that no American manufacturer was doing at that point in time. Mm. So they wanted to bring their culture, which is the customer is, you know, God. I don't know what how they say it in, <laughs> in the Japanese terms, but that's in the books as well. Mm. And, uh, you know, the TP and the Toyota production models also talk about customer being, you know, are uh, at, at the top level. They literally put that in their service model, and that's the service model innovation, mm-hmm. which was never done before. And they came out with that, and everyone mocked them for that, which is a typical story of any innovator, I guess. But it's just one of those things that it, today, it's um, you go to several manufacturing uh, car services, they, they kind of sort of almost, almost do that um, in some way, or they give you some... Um, but I think when I think about the lean tool that would apply to something like this would be the closest that comes to this is a candle model where you would look mm-hmm. at what are the must-haves, what are the nice-to-haves. Typically in a lean project, when you're looking at that and you're using a candle model and you're looking at the features and, and what can we do, what's the prior- priority, we typically don't look at the nice-to-have. Those are kind of in the far right and you don't <laughs> want to get to it and waste time. Yes. In innovation, it's a different lens. You really want to look at what are those nice to have? Who is it attracting? What happens in terms of retention? And if we do more of that with less, I would, we, would, would that be a differentiator for us? And that is what innovation is all about, is, is strategizing on differentiators and building up on that through innovative approaches, either through your service, your product, or your supply chain. Yeah, fantastic. So I want to, so as we start to start to kind of think about how we want to close out, I want to just kind of put it out. This is, I mean, I feel this is one of those conversations that, you know, a 20 minute dialogue is just barely scratching the surface, but it's just getting our, our listeners starting to think about it as they're being 
um, kind of thrown into these, these uh, space of, hey, creativity, innovation, lean, and what does all this mean? Um, but thinking about, you know, so, so what would be next um, for somebody? And whether that's a recommendation for a, a place to go learn, um, a recommendation for, um, you know, something to do, a recommendation for a reflection or a question, a lens to start looking through, like, what do you, what would, what do you recommend for folks? What do you have for them? Uh, what well, this is Bella. What I uh, like to ask people to do is start to think about their thinking. And Aline, we often talk about thinking about our thinking, mm-hmm. but to start to think about our thinking and just get comfortable with the idea that in order to be creative, which is what drives innovation, we have to be comfortable both with divergent thinking, which is when we think broadly and we ideate. And we have to be comfortable with using conversion thinking, which is where we select things and improve them. Um, And we have to be comfortable with actually separating those two types of thinking. And I think um, Erlen said something which was really, which was really interesting, which was that when you're the innovator, people sometimes laugh at you. You know, you sometimes you're going to say things that other people think you're ridiculous. Or if you are responsible for leading innovation, somebody may come to you with an idea that uh, that you might immediately think is ridiculous. And the first basic thing that you can do to start to move in that direction of being more creative, which leads to more innovation, is start to get used to the idea that in order to come up with innovation, there are going to be some crazy things that people are going to say or do or crazy Mm -hmm. ideas, and that's okay. That's good. Start to yes. figure out how you can get comfortable with that, with divergent thinking. I think that's a great call out, um, particularly for those of us who have been more in these process spaces, operations, get stuff done. We ain't got time for that, <laughs> right? To, to what Erlen said earlier about the thing, the nice to haves. Yep, yep. Well, we'll get to that later. We got to focus on this. So I really love that. Um, Bella, I appreciate it. Erlen, how about for you? What do you recommend for folks? Yeah, I think um, um, two things is what, what I would recommend. Definitely don't be afraid of trying things, new things. As a, If you have innovation in your title or in your role or it's something you just like to do on the side or you just have a, you know, you might have just a natural eye for innovation and, and, and asking how we can rebuild or reframe this separately. With innovation, that it's like the nice to have bucket. So with innovation to really be successful and you really want to beat the drum in your organization, you want to do it in a small little, you know, take a small little piece out of your operation and just test it out and said, if this happened, how would hypothesis, how would customers react? Why, why not? Do it in a small little piece in, in a room and just walk walk through that as a, as your own customer. Another part is if we can, unfortunately, fortunately with COVID, we can't as much, um, but you can always understand, want to try to understand because what are the behaviors of your customer today? Like what are the compensating behaviors? A great example in a case study that I would like to offer up is the Swiffer. Um, and I can give you the link, Jamie, if you, you know, want to put in your show notes. How Swiffer came about from that nasty looking map, it's because they went into the houses and they looked at how women cleaned houses. And it's not the job of cleaning, but the activities that happened before um, the cleaning 
and then after, which is trying to clean that mop. And then number third is hiding it away somewhere in the garage or somewhere tucked yes. away because it just looks so ugly, right? And Swiffer took care of everything because you just take out the cloth now and you just throw it in the in the trash can. <laughs> and you have these happy dads, you know, jumping Me, around. Oh. <laughs> I will tell you, I won't do the whole like old mop that we had when I was kids, right? Like I'm not touching that. I'm not trying to squeeze all that out. You're out of your mind. I'm loving Swiffer. <laughs> right. And that's the case study. I will send you the link to it. It's it's amazing. That's great. So I think that's one of the things is, 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 is the example of what are your compensating behaviors? If you would have sat as a company and tried to innovate and come up with a new mop, you would have created a new product that looked just exactly like the old one and would have never understood the, the compensating behaviors of your customer. Innovation is really changing that behavior for the customer and making their life efficient. It's bringing efficiency out of our company into the hands of the customer. If I have an iPhone and I get told you go, you know, I'll give you free lifetime free paid phone access across the block from here, you would never take it, even though it's free. So you would, because you have everything on your, you know, I'm not promoting iPhone, but you have everything on your smartphone. The second one, and I pulled my book out, and I would definitely recommend this for anyone starting uh, a creative innovation journey is the book is 10 Types of Innovation, The Discipline of Building Breakthroughs by Larry Keeley and a, and a few other authors. Mm-hmm. It's available on, I think it should be available on Amazon. That's where I got it from and Barnes and Noble. So this is a book. It has many case studies of companies across all different type of innovations that um, anybody from manufacturing industry or if you're a finance or banking this book will definitely help you get started on your journey as you're thinking and becoming an innovation and lean manager. Fantastic. And if we plug another book um, on this whole topic of bringing creativity in, um, Bella, you have a book as well, right? I did. I wrote a book called Creatively Lean, How to Get Out of Your Own Way and Drive Innovation Throughout Your Organization. And the reason I wrote the book was because um, I was having a, um, actually a hard time with, you know, with people like, you know, some of the people that you were talking about, Jamie, people who really couldn't understand how lean and um, creativity and innovation could work together. And mm-hmm. I knew they could. So I wrote the book. It's a story of, of a middle manager and how many of us are middle managers kind of mm-hmm. stuck between you know, senior leadership and the folks, the folks who are doing the real work and how she learns to really actually use her creativity skills with her lean so that um, so that uh, she can, um, you know, help her employees be more creative and come up with better yeah. solutions inside the company. Um, so, yeah, and um, if you want to uh, reach out to me on my website, which is leanforhumans.com, and click on the tab for the book, um, there actually is, if you're in the U.S., I will, you could buy a copy of the book from me and I will sign it. You can get a signed copy of the book from me um, on my website, leanforhumans.com. Yes, fantastic. And we'll make, so we'll make sure we put that link in um, so folks can find that. We'll put the link to the other book that Erlen recommended as well as the case study for Swiffer. Now I've got to go read that. Uh, every time I talk to new people, I have like new reading stuff added to my queue. Okay. 
Um, so let's let's find out. So if, if folks want to kind of learn more and connect with you, Bella, we've got your website and then leanforhumans.com. And then what's the best way? Are, are you on LinkedIn? Is that the best social platform to connect with you? Absolutely. Definitely LinkedIn. Yes. Yes. And Erlen, how about for you? What's the best best way for folks to connect and learn more from you as well? Yeah, I'm I'm on on LinkedIn. That's that's the best place to connect with me uh, to learn. I can constantly post things on innovation and creative thinking and several other topics. Um, but I'm also on Twitter and and uh, Instagram, Facebook. But LinkedIn will be a place to start. Well, fantastic. Um, thank you uh, both for joining in this conversation. I've, I really enjoyed it, especially this is an area that I haven't done a ton of work on and a ton of reading in. So um, I found it really enlightening. And like I said, my reading list keeps growing and I, I'm super excited to explore the topic further. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jamie. I really loved this dialogue with Erlen and Bella, and so excited to be able to bring this to you. As for your next step, your next step today is super simple. I want you to go to our show notes where we have the links. We're going to have links to the book that Erlen recommended. We're going to have a link to um, Bella's book. We're going to have a link to a case study on Swiffer. And so that's your next step. The way you get to show notes is you go to processplusresults.com forward slash podcast. That's processplusresults.com forward slash podcast. And that's where you'll find this episode with Bella and Erlen all about innovation. You're going to get those links. I also encourage you while you're there, follow the links to LinkedIn and connect with both of them because they both post fantastic stuff. Until next time.